Welcome to the 1 million euro stories. I am Eris. I shine a light on female founders who raise capital, especially a half million euros and up. I am welcoming our guests to the studio. Welcome. Introduce yourself. Hi, Iris. Uh, thank you for having me here. I'm Priyanka Kamad. I'm the founder of uh, Workbugs.io. We are a skill tech venture, uh, which is um, predominantly focused on emerging technology. Um, we also you know, have expertise in um, training Web3 towards um, from the beginner level to the expert level. So we take um, undergrad students that are just coming out into the workforce, um, give them these skills in smart contract training and, um, you know, basically push them towards the next uh, evolution of technology. And um, we've been very uh, fortunate to have some brilliant young minds working with us and proud of this uh, program called 100 Girls in Blockchain that has been our flagship module, uh, which not only teaches uh, bright young minds across, um, you know, uh, corners of India, but uh, we now plan to go global. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about what kind of problem are you solving at this moment? Right, absolutely. So, um, Iris, uh, you know, ever since we got into the boom of Web3, uh, this was uh, uh, back in the day, you know, 2015 onwards, uh, we've really seen the um, spike. And uh, ever since then, there's been like a dearth in talent in Web3 where um, you basically have only like, you know, this particular technology reserved to the elite developer community and how to democratize this technology to the nook and corners of, um, you know, emerging nations was basically a big gap that, uh, you know, my co-founders and me saw. And then um, we knew that we ourselves were struggling to find good resources to go to and learn ourselves on the nitty gritties of, you know, how, how a token works, like um, how how does this even have a real-time implication when we already are doing so well with Web2 solutions, um, when we have like, you know, on-ground on uh, frameworks for a robust, um, you know, UPI framework, which is the, uh, you know, a leading framework for um, digital money in India and is now going popular, I think uh, Singapore and Dubai are already like adopting it. Um, so, um, it always felt that there is a need to, you know, update yourself with this particular technology because this is not only the evolution of money, but also the evolution of internet, you know, in the long run. Um, so having to go to the foundational levels of the technology, demystify the concepts and bring it to the students um, was a big challenge, uh, which, I, you know, we wanted to basically address. So you're just saying that you're like in the emerging markets. What do you mean by that? Right. So emerging markets, you know, India is the best example where we operate from. Um, uh, uh, they basically, you know, 16 million graduates that are just coming out in STEM. And uh, overall, uh, you know, when you look at the job market scenario, uh, there's only the top 15% um, that are actually getting placed. Um, so these numbers, again, you know, depend uh, depends on the pandemic and the um, macroeconomic condition. Uh, but uh, 
these students uh, despite having engineering degrees despite having um, you know like good grades um, they always uh, struggle to um, come into the market and this i think is specific to the i i i just want to say specific to the indian diaspora um so when i say emerging markets like we are still you know um considered to be uh, developing nations although we are fifth in the you know world's largest economy and third in the largest startup ecosystem but there's a there's a long way to go in terms of um getting uh, the employment rates uh, spiked up for the country um so and we needed to start this with tier 2 tier 3 uh, backgrounds uh, where uh, you know still the exposure of emergent technologies is far away it's only in the cities uh, where you can see this particular you know technology being available resources being available um so how we permeate to the nook and corners uh, of the nation was um, you know the way forward to us so you're just saying that a lot of students get graduated and and they have engineering degrees but they can't find placement that's right because of the fierce competition as well um uh, you know there's uh, for uh, you know the 16 million graduates probably there's only those um around you know 9 lakh jobs that are there which are lucrative and will give you the money uh, that you put into the degree right so um it's otherwise very competitive and uh, you know we've seen a lot of engineers doing like food delivery jobs uh, just to make their uh, ends meet right so um i think the key to unlock that is upskilling with emergent technologies and uh, get placed globally right from india because uh, uh, one great thing you know we definitely take uh, pride in is despite being an emerging um, nation uh, despite being a developing nation we do host uh, the second largest um, um you know headquarters in amazon facebook uber um and they they there is a dearth of talent in like you know cloud practitioners uh, data scientists front end uh, engineers also is, uh, you know basically touted to be uh, the most scarce in the job market um so this is where we uh, kind of uh, you know will venture into into the future uh, however for now we've started with webly where there's um i think just the top 1% getting into these um, you know top protocols and uh, we found the problem was mostly due to exposure and lack of uh, structured way of uh, you know learning uh, that we are bringing on to the table and how do you see that upscaling uh, of the market right so upskilling uh, is basically the you know um, the degree that a student takes uh wouldn't be sufficient or wouldn't cut it out uh, for the jobs that are available um within you know the the current scenario right now because uh when you look at the job board on linkedin uh, you know you will have like your first 50 jobs just in data science just uh, you know prompt engineering is coming up uh, as the most um, you know touted job for 2023 um you would need expertise in uh, how to write large language models uh, through ai ml right so um this upskilling is what was uh, needed uh, for that particular student to take a lucrative job so to go from like a basic like you know even um, like a basic computer science degree where they probably just teach you you know python uh, but how you actually go from python to a l- large language model uh, we tell you how to bridge that gap 
technically okay. and uh, that's where the students can you know at least identify okay maybe this is this is that one skill i would need to pick up and then upskill because i think that confusion itself um you know is a bigger problem on which technology to pick up just with the kind of rapidly evolving landscape that it is yeah because that's why i asked you because nowadays everything goes so quick yeah <laughs> so then knowing like okay what are you going to upskill which skills are now important and which ones do you want to leave for now? Because that is also important to know yeah. so you can make a really good decision. So how do you bridge that? Absolutely. So um, this, uh, you know, in fact, goes uh, all the way back to why I even got into startups, because uh, the first uh, product that, um, you know, um, me and my co-founders had come up with was a skill recommendation engine, uh, where, um, you know, it's basically NLP powered. Um, you have these um, AI recommendation models to um, map 5,000 jobs to 75,000 skills. Um, so when a student comes on board uh, into this particular tool, um, you were able to like, you know, give five skills as a student, give us the pass out date. And based on, uh, you know, the uh, certain questions, the model would then map, like based on the spy skill, what are the 10 paths that are convenient for you. Say, even if you don't come from a computer science background, um, you will probably, you know, um, say you're an electrical engineer and then you're basically having data structures in the first year of your grad. Um, and you basically can pick up the data structures, build on top of that, get into, uh, you know, Python programming and then get into the large language model. So just that, um, you know, roadmap on how to get to the, uh, job choice of your own um, was what we built. And um, uh, this got a good, uh, you know, success rate. Uh, we are still training the models um, to give us like a 90% precision. At the moment, it's 75%. And you know how these large language models are like, you keep, need to keep training them with large data sets for the accuracy. So uh, that's one science-backed way of telling the student, hey, look, this is where you pick up a technology which will probably give you more ROI um, than a fading technology which will not use. Yeah, because like like I hear you say, like Python is the one to, to get started, to get in, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, more like, you know, the entry level, you can start with Python, you can do a lot of amazing things with Python. A lot of possibilities. And which are the other languages that you would recommend them to go into? Oh, absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, for high schoolers, literally, we work with high schoolers as well. Uh, uh, we've seen them go from, um, because it's already something that we've worked with, I can tell you the lessons that I've learned. Um, so before starting Python, there were a lot of, uh, you know, folks who are probably more visually oriented, and they are not so much into text-based programming. Um, they're more into, uh, you know, like visual blog-based programming. Um, so if you really want to, you know, start, this is literally at a very basic level. If you're in school, um, you know, you could start with MIT Scratch programming language, which is basically a drag and drop of, you know, code building logic. Say you want to make, a, you know, a animation of, um, you know, building a, a university that's flying in the air. 
you can technically like you know use a certain templates you can drag and drop the core logic uh, you basically first build the you know facade for the university you build the entire room and then like you make some uh, make like your you know logic to um, have the animation go through so it's a great way for you know students to kind of engage immersively and learn it uh, rather than you know just have this text uh, text based interaction so that i would recommend as a first step um, you know and uh, it's worked even well with like street children that we work with um so um if they if and if somebody has adhd and those kind of uh, you know focused problems um mit scratch would be the way to go first and then transition into text based programming with python which is more like you know english and um, uh, folks just need to figure out the syntax the data operators variables uh, how these uh, work around um, to build a certain program like you know just even uh, counting like a palindrome right so that could be done in python in like 10 lines of code uh, so you can start with like small problem statements from there and then eventually go build on to your large language models um but before that yeah i think um, you know mit block based then text based python um, uh, and then I think I would say like NLP would be the right way to go. And then from NLP, you go to LLMs um, and that will give you like a complete data science set and how to get into data. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, how did you, how did it all start for you to start with this? Uh... Uh, sure, Iris. Um, very, you know, interesting anecdote. Actually, um, I was. Uh, this was almost recession time around 2009. Just, uh, you know, waiting for the my job offer, and uh, I had tons of time on my hand where. Um, uh, like I was looking to help with, you know, uh, the uh, digital. Um, Provis, uh, wherever I could, like, you know, add value to. Um, and uh, luckily, I found a group where, uh, you know, we were getting into um, the shelter homes in my home city, Hyderabad, India, the southern part of India. And uh, we were able to set up computer labs and just, um, you know, have the students there understand, okay, what is the need to learn Excel? What is the need to learn Word? Uh, how to make presentations, uh, you know, by yourself? And, um, because once they move out of that shelter home, how to give financial independence was the ultimate goal. Um, so we started with, uh, you know, basics in, um, um, you know, Microsoft stack. Microsoft Tech Stack, and that actually intrigued uh, more of my knowledge that, hey, look, um, we have the computer lab set up, but somehow still the students were not able to grasp it so much because, you know, there was still like a bridge level gap that needed to be um, um, you know, uh, fixed uh, for them to actually pay attention because uh, what if we're taking students that were really inclined to sports, but, you know, we were making them sit in this digital library, it wouldn't do justice to both of us, uh, right? So um, we try to then identify students that who are more active on the outside and then, uh, you know, uh, segregate that into the creative and the logical uh, group and only then like skill them forward uh, towards their particular interest. So that's how it all started. And, uh, you know, the, the manual way of doing this was quite cumbersome. And I think eventually over the years, uh, you know, when I got my job, eventually moved to America with my H-1B opportunity. 
um i was still working with these uh, students as a volunteer in the shelter homes uh, doing online programs so i think it somewhere never left me and uh, that eventually led to meeting my co-founder talking about these challenges that i have observed through a decade and um, those real time insights definitely helped us uh, you know shape the product better the skill recommendation engine better and um, i think ultimately um, here we are trying to solve it for a bigger uh, you know set of audience so it was a very gradual process from there yeah and you also named your co-founder that you met each other so how yes. did that go yes it's uh, so amazing i think it was just meant to be in the pandemic that uh, at that point of time as working in canada trying to you know get to india on a evacuation flight uh, because uh, i think post march uh, 15 2020 all the flight and basically every the world was shut down and um, there was no way even uh, you could get home if uh, you weren't like you know an elderly person or um, a pregnant woman so only those people were getting priority um so once uh, the flights opened up uh, around the same time both of us landed in india and uh, we had taken this uh, particular session where the entrepreneurs pitch their ideas and uh, technically you get into this uh, you know forums where you can uh, have like a um, one on one conversation on how you want to build the idea to a startup so that's where i think our values aligned our wavelength aligned and uh, um, of course he saw the product as placing the students in um, you know corporates and i saw the product as killing the students so i think we both had like complementary vision towards it and uh, how to actually make it happen in real time because it's all about the execution um um was where we well connected and you know we were just on it from the day we met and uh, eventually we got on the startup india recognition uh, there is a great in incentive you know in india to build your own startup because um, you win something called a dpiit recognition that uh, you know if you meet certain criteria you are tax exempted uh, for a certain period of time uh, and if it is actually contributing to education and to the grassroots level problems uh, you will get bigger perks uh, from the government itself so uh, you know would recommend everybody to go explore the startup india site and uh, uh, see what incentives fit their um, product and their ventures okay so the government and how it's set up they just look favorably at startups so you're you like yes. say the tax what so what did you say about the tax yeah the taxes so basically when you register uh, the venture in startup india portal um it gives you you know your director id it will give you the uh, you know a re registered official um like documents that hey look you are now headquartered in india and this is the certain rules that you need to operate with and uh, if that particular venture is um, you know doing great uh, in terms of education um or you know bringing the um, upper like the poor people to the uh, you know upward sections through technology through innovation um the tax benefits for those kind of ventures are um you know are amazing because uh, you can actually save up to 5 years of taxes um you know on the revenues and the profits that you make um so uh, technically it needs the venture needs to be dpiit recognized it's a industry trademark for startup india uh in order to get that particular tax exemption so it's all okay. up there in the portal yeah 
it's a great but it's step. important because those things make it of course more favorable especially yes. when you you get you know text favorably because that makes a lot of difference of course especially when you're starting and you can then also make more revenue keep more profits so it's also things that are really in the whole landscape um, not only like in your micro landscape like as a startup but also in the whole ecosystem environment in the country as a whole that it's also important that is so true, Iris, uh, because, you know, uh, as a startup, you're running lean, you probably only have like three to four team members and you have to pay their bills and you have to basically uh, run your operations. You have to ensure that the CAC is, you know, less, the customer acquisition cost is less. Um, so having all of these, um, you know, financial models uh, in your favor wouldn't uh, probably work out, you know, in the first year. That's where all the struggles are. So, all uh, you know, that that's where uh, we got good support from Amazon as well, uh, because we did, um, you know, apply to all of these educational competitions that were, uh, you know, hosted and um, we got selected by Amazon as their Edstart innovator. Um, so that automatically gives, um, you know, certain cloud credits uh, based on, you know, what kind of problem you're solving, what is your monthly usage of cloud. Um, and uh, you're awarded certain credits. So that helped us uh, save a lot of our capital money as well. And uh, we could have, we could then allocate freely, uh, you know, towards marketing or towards uh, hiring more engineers to make the product robust. Um, so I think, you know, would encourage all of the budding founders out there to keep a, a look on these big uh, MNCs, uh, because I think everybody from Google to Microsoft, uh, you know, have their own um, tech startup wings and uh, basically want to incubate and want to give you those uh, free perks uh, if you're building on their cloud. Yeah. And how was it for you to, of course, when you met your co-founder to develop that product? Yes. How so, did that go? Uh, yeah. Um, initially, you know, I uh, we did have a lot of um, uh, you know synergies to match because uh, he came from uh, astrophysicist to a data scientist background. He's very technical, and you know, he gets into the depth. Um, uh, and it's sometimes uh, you know it would take a lot for me to go into the nitty-gritties of the algorithm and see uh, hey you know why wouldn't this particular precision uh, be up to 90 percent itself like you know uh, so um, I did uh, work in um, you know the Azure cloud uh, sector at that point where um, I was trying to bring cyber security uh, through their uh, you know cloud um, features uh, through Azure. So it was a different ball game for me altogether to get into data science. Um, so I had a lot of learning curve uh, on, you know, building uh, basic um, NLPs or like, you know, how to um, even write Python uh, for that case, because I think at that point I had uh, been away from coding for about six years. And uh, I literally had to start from scratch with Python and, you know, went into all the free courses where I could uh, learn the basics so that at least when I'm talking talking to my co-founder, um, I'm not, uh, you know, asking for irrational, um, uh, irrational hours because um, I was the one who was leading the, uh, you know, products, uh, talking to the customers, trying to see what these uh, other edtech competitors are doing. So we build our technical mode. Um, and my co-founder was the one who was like, you know, whipping up the code inside this uh, you know, closed room. So it sometimes takes a world of a difference uh, to 
see uh, how to match that sweet spot between your technical know-how versus what the customer actually wants. Um, so I think that's one of, you know, um, learning curve for us, big lesson for us, because uh, we thought, hey, look, the students actually would need a tool like this. Uh, but we all, uh, what we understood about the students are pretty much, you know, they are well aware of the technologies that they want to learn, but how they learn, what is the structured way to learn, where to go was a problem for them. Um, so uh, I think, you know, eventually when we make the product better to understand, look, for Python, you need like these four co courses. If you are like a beginner, this is the way you go. If you are a you know, somebody intermediate, this is the way to go. Advanced, this is the way to go. So that kind of um, structure was actually missing. And that's one big uh, problem that, you know, we are trying to solve. So that's where we uh, we definitely, you know, made a mistake uh, thinking that, hey, look, everybody is confused about what path, but they're more confused about how to go about learning that technology. Yeah, so can I just see that the product is an app or how can I see it? Uh, Absolutely. So it's a web app. Uh, it's called the skillexploration.com. Um, so you can just, you know, log in with your, um, it's a single sign on, you can log in with your Google emails or uh, Yahoo mail um, of your choice, mail of your choice, and uh, basically put five skills that you would, uh, you already know. Um, based on which uh, the foundation of your roadmap will be created. And um, uh, based on that particular roadmap, uh, the tool will, of course, now give you, uh, you know, like, hey, if you are a, um, you know, say product manager, and uh, you probably know, like Power BI, you're handling a lot of data on Tableau, um, you have great customer skills, you have, uh, um, you know, great uh, people management skills. So you've given like four skills now and the fifth skill could be uh, design, right? Uh, so based on uh, the match, the skill to job match, uh, so you have Power BI, Python, customer skills, design, and uh, you have leadership skills. So it'll tell you the 10 paths that you can take as a product manager into the next leap, uh, which could be, you know, anywhere from becoming a uh, designer, uh, you could become like a product designer, um, you could become a, a product data, uh, you know, manager. So where one who's only handling the data observability and how to make the data robust, uh, how to uh, get the anomalies out. Um, so those are the different examples I will give you, which uh, I feel is, you know, a good way of um, giving exposure to the wide variety of technology jobs is not just coding. Uh, so, you know, you, it's uh, limiting the student or the person's capability thinking it's only coding. So even if you're good at Excel and you want to get into technology, there is a way to do it. Yeah, because you're talking about skills. What do you think for you are the most important skills? Wow. In today's day and age, Iris, I feel, you know, the adaptability uh, of uh, learning, like, you know, how you learn is actually the number one skill. Um, and to keep learning technically, right, having that uh, uh, Darwin's 
psychology of evolution, as they say, um, if you're able to stay adept and abreast to every advancement that is out there, uh, say it doesn't need to be like boiling the ocean, uh, because I work so closely with the education space, I've only been keeping track of like, you know, what is Web3 doing in the education space? How will the ventures get into a decentralized autonomous organization? So just, uh, you know, focusing on your niche and how the technology advancement is happening in your niche that itself is like a number one skill which is you know basically adaptability um that's number one and uh, number two is uh you know be a listener um i feel there is a uh, much more much more um you know wealth to unlock when you're listening to uh other people's expertise and their real-time insights uh which as an entrepreneur is you know the uh, biggest um insight you can gain to build a product uh because i think that's where that's where features happen that's where like you know product enhancements happen um so these were the top two uh, like you know power skills that i would call um the third definitely you know being in the tech space um i would want uh all my students also to at least have like basic coding knowledge because every company now is a technology company, whether we like it or not. Um, so Python would be um, the one that would be recommended to start with. And if you look at the users, how many users does uh, does it have at this moment? Right. So um, it's been um, it's been just the start. Uh, you know, we've partnered uh, around with 25 plus uh, colleges. Um, so we still like, you know, um, chartering down to uh, the final numbers. But I think so far we've reached to 3000 students. Um, but, the, you know, more than the user acquisition, it's the user retention, which has been a problem for us. And uh, that's one thing, uh, you know, that we're trying to build currently on how to uh, make the product sticky and how to make the users coming. So um, currently that's what, you know, we are building. And I think um, it's not until quarter four that uh, people can actually go and explore it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're currently still like developing and yes. you know, adjusting, getting feedback um, in this product cycle. Absolutely, Aris, you said it, uh, you know, the product enhancement uh, was the big part of it, because like I was telling earlier, um, you know, the students are not confused about what technology they want to learn. It's about a level down where, you know, you basically tell them the structured way to go about learning, uh, you know, and getting the transition to the job that they want to cater to. Um, so that's exactly where we're shaping the project um, and, uh, you know, trying to do big integrations with the large language models. So if you look at now, because you're doing amazing things and, you know, the product is developing, what are your ambitions for the future? Right, Iris. So, uh, you know, um, the future is one big uh, ball of sun because uh, we feel with the kind of emergence of generative AI, everybody has that. Everybody can become an Iron Man, um, you know, and build the dream that they've always wanted to. Because initially, uh, you know, startups felt like it was... Um, mostly for, you know, the ones who are technically inclined and have the technology prowess. But now with the democratization of generative AI, I think anybody can just go build a website in like 
you know, 30 minutes um, and uh, go find, a, a, you know, product idea to realize with all these uh, fantastic tools, right from, you know, uh, for coding, you can use replit.com um, for like, you know, finding anything uh, online, scraping the internet, chat GPT is the best. Um, and if you want to go into a level, uh, you know, down with the research, a lot of these generative AI research tools. Um, so there is like a standard toolkit and I have big hopes for the future that uh, because of this, even somebody sitting in a rural village in India uh, will be able to, you know, sell their handicrafts and artifacts out to the globe or there. Um, so it's the democratization of technology that I am excited about, which will give more power to the common man. And if you look back, what is the thing you are most proud of? Oh, wow. Uh, I love this question. I think I should ask this question to myself every morning um, because, you know, as founders, you keep beating up yourself and, you know, sometimes you lose confidence on the way because of all the rejections. Um, proud of, I think, uh, you know, sticking to the guns, basically, um, not letting... Um, you know, even my business come in uh, the way of empowering girls, uh, a cause that is very close to me. Um, so yes, I think empowering girls is something it comes naturally. I wouldn't say I'm proud of myself, but like, you know, I would want to keep uh, doing that. Um, yeah. Lifelong. Yeah. Of course, because it's really a, a big impact you're uh, giving, but I'm still curious then what are you proud of? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, uh, my resilience, uh, no matter what, uh, you know, I never gave up uh, because uh, uh, like I was telling you, the, the first product, you know, we taken to like, I think at least uh, 10 investors uh, to 35 colleges and every single time there was a particular rejection, uh, we used the feedback to, uh, you know, incorporate that into building a better product. Um, so resilience, I think uh, somehow I'm built with it. And um, I was, you know, like I'm basically married. I have a family and, you know, I um, have my own struggles on the day, but not giving up on my startup uh, despite the rejections is something like I'm really proud of. So I think I, I would take that <laughs> into yeah, my it's a beautiful one. Before we wrap up, do you have something else that you want to share with our listeners? Sure. Um, I mean, you know, firstly, uh, Iris, uh, you know, we want more listeners coming onto your platform because you voice out the, uh, you know, the struggles and the real stories of women who are trying to make impact. Um, and uh, through the listeners, you know, uh, we are living in um, uncertainties. There's like, macroeconomic pressures there's you know the aftermath of the pandemic there's recession there's job cuts but um if you have a dream of building something of your own if you're nurturing a, a you know idea of a business um do not give it up maybe you know just small uh, steps would actually take, give you that leap so if you just maybe take one hour every day just put your idea to the paper keep enhancing that keep talking to your friends take feedback these small moves itself will uh, you know give compounding effects uh, to how suddenly you will just realize that hey my side hustle took off into a business venture that made me uh, you know millions um, so you would never know when that moment hits you um, so never give up on your dreams and, you know, keep working on that uh, big dream. 
Thank you so much. Awesome. I mean, it was great to, you know, always um, give a candid uh, um, interview and like always give your, you know, heartfelt uh, thoughts uh, because that's where magic happens. Yeah. I definitely agree. There's always <laughs> where magic happens. Thank you so much. This was an episode of the One Million Euro Stories. There is a new world to unlock. Let's believe. Let's be bold. Let's be fierce. Let us open a new door. I am Aris from the One Million Euro Stories. Thank you for listening. And if you want to make sure that you know when a new episode comes out from the One Million Euro Stories, click on subscribe on your podcast app. And you will be notified when a new episode comes out. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time.